0: Welcome in to the PHNX Suns pregame show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe, rate, and review. We always appreciate your support, especially here in the new year. Happy 2022, everybody. Welcome in to the VIP Lounge. The Phoenix Suns defeat the Charlotte Hornets 133-99. I'm Lindsay Smith, and I'm joined by Gerald Bourget and Espo gentlemen. How are you feeling after tonight's win?
1: How could you feel bad after tonight's win? I mean, that was everything you could want and more. To hell with the uh, point spread, one point five. Like that was that was like the points they would uh, they would gain to, uh, per minute that they'd go up. I mean, it was it was an insane game. Everybody came through. It didn't matter that Chris Paul only scored six points in this one because the Phoenix Suns have the deepest center rotation in all of basketball. When their first string and their second string go down, guess what? They're bringing in two of the best there are in the game, Jalen Smith and Bismack Biombo. If you ever imagined you'd say that in a Suns post-game show, you're psychotic. But I'm saying it right now. Welcome to the NBA, Jalen Smith. That was a beautiful performance tonight i cannot uh you know i'm glad that i could personally motivate you to finally have this kind of a game i know that my my videos my quotes were on the bulletin board and i'm glad to have you come out and and play as well as you did sticks
2: yeah i mean the only bad thing i feel bad about is my pregame pick of hornets winning by five that was uh that was the exact type of bounce back performance you could only hope for, for a team like this, especially shorthanded. Like they had seven guys finish in double figures without Aiton, without Crowder, without McGee, without Kaminsky, without Sharch, without Abdul Nader. That's an insane amount of depth. And and like Espo said, Jalen Smith and Bismack Biombo, we got to give them both their flowers because both of them surprised in ways that, you know, Jalen Smith has been surprising over the last week, but, this was his best game yet, I think. And and I think Bismack coming in on a new team that he's barely played with these guys. He was he joined them yesterday to have a performance like that against his old team. That's pretty impressive.
0: Absolutely. I I, I love Bismack Biombo. Like I, I'm a big fan already. <laughs> like it took <clears throat> I was already a fan pre-game, but it took one game. I'm completely committed. Like would love to have them on this team for a while. And I even saw tonight on uh, uh, the Hornets broadcast, they were talking about his time uh, with them over there and just how great of a locker room guy he was, how great of a teammate he was. And so I feel like he fits into this culture here with the Phoenix Suns pretty seamlessly if they're speaking so highly of him in that way.
1: Give Bismack the max. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, sorry. I'm just used to saying that about Sun Center's. Uh, you know, if he has another game like this, I extend him the rest of the year, give him that veteran minimum uh, and just keep that depth going. And yeah, I, look, Sticks, uh, I, I can I be an honorary member of the Sticks kids tonight? Because I, it, was, it was spectacular to watch him. There were still some defensive lapses, but defense isn't what you're playing him for. He, he cleaned the glass. He scored points. I mean, 19 points. 12 rebounds in 24 minutes you can't ask for more and then it was weird like when DA goes out and Jer- uh, you know Javel McGee comes in it's it, you don't see much drop off same thing happened tonight with Bismack Biombo playing that JaVale uh, role as it sticks comes out uh Bismack comes in and does very much the same I mean Dunking on fools, rolling the basket. He played some great defense. had uh, had a couple of great stops there. Overall, just uh, I I've, I'm in very weird territory, knowing that the the Suns' bigs are the strength right now of the, of this franchise.
2: <laughs> it's it's very bizarre, and I, I feel like no one would have expected it out of this group either. Because Jalen Smith set his career high for a third time in the last week or so. He had 19 tonight also had two blocks like defense was a big issue the last couple of games as far as the team defense but tonight they really kept the Hornets out of the paint they held them below 100 points which is hard to do even in a, in a garbage time game where the whole fourth quarter is basically garbage time um, and then Bismack Biombo coming in with those poster dunks with those blocks like there were just highlight plays left and right tonight it was just a really fun game all around
0: I know. I felt like the two of them were competing as to whose highlight would be the best <laughs> one of the night. And it was so fun to watch. I loved that so much. All right. Before we go any further, let's go to the bar. Let's get a few drinks. Yes. Please let's celebrate do it. When the Suns win. Uh, tonight, I believe our drink of the game, the Smooth Smith. What do you think about that, guys?
1: Well, it's not after you, Lindsay. We're sorry. But it's wow. after <laughs> one Jalen Smith. Uh, It could have been the Pickup Sticks tonight, too, because uh, Sticks picked up this team and and ran with it. Man, that is a, uh, you'd think it would be a bitter drink for me, but it's actually quite a sweet drink. Uh, I'm happy to see Sticks do this tonight.
0: It just took a little while for you to acquire the taste, but I get it. It happens (laughs) to the best of us, you know? Uh We're not always a tequila drinker or a whiskey drinker. Sometimes you got to ease yourself into it.
1: Look, I mean, I just, I simply wanted to see it. Now I've seen it and, and I'm a believer for at least another 24 hours. So,
2: <laughs> for another 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, he was just, he was really good on both ends. And I think I've talked about it and I wrote about it over the weekend about how he's individually made the most of his time on the court, but it hasn't really felt like he's made the Suns better. Tonight, it felt like he made the Suns better. And so that was a nice. Step forward for him because, you know, Lord knows that that center position is crowded. We don't know what kind of minutes he's going to get when DA and Javelle McGee come back, but he's making the case that he should get rotation minutes, especially if Frank Kaminsky is still out. I don't know what his long term future is in Phoenix because he is an unrestricted free agent and he might be better as trade bait. This might be the best case scenario where he boosts his trade value and helps the Suns get that last piece they need at a more position of need, but, I mean, hats off to the kid because he's been playing really great, and it's been fun to watch.
1: But, look, his teammates put him in a better position tonight, too. Devin Booker got it going early offensively, so he looked really good. Landry Shammett shot five from eight from deep. Uh, Chris Paul was passing the rock like we've seen him do a handful of times with 16 assists tonight. This was the Suns' offense running the way that we came to expect it you know, uh, earlier in the season. And that helps make these bigs look better. It helps DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee look better, too. That that You're not expecting them to do everything. You're putting them in situations to do what they do best, rim run, you know, clean up the glass, do those kind of things, and get those easy buckets. And that was a big part of it tonight as well, where we hadn't seen that, and we definitely didn't see it in Boston on Friday.
2: Yes, and that's—I I feel like that's one thing I would like the feed DA crowd to take note of tonight—is that you put a center in this position of this offense. There are plays designed to give these guys looks and set them up for success. And I'm not saying that that's the reason why DA is successful. He does a lot of of little things on the offensive glass and with his roles that these other bigs can't replicate, but. I don't want it to be lost on anyone that just because they're not running old school post ups for him doesn't mean they're not trying to set him up. Like this is an offense that's designed for your centers to thrive, and that's something Javale McGee has said that Monty is really good about drawing up those kinds of plays. So I want everyone to take notice of what Jalen Smith and Bismack Biombo did tonight because it's it's not as simple as just feed da. They are they're feeding to
1: the hell with feed da. Feed Jalen Smith, damn it. Give him the rock. He was hot tonight and they went away from him.
0: I knew you were going to say that. Okay. Well, listen, since we're already on this topic, um, Mm -hmm. Jalen Smith and the bigs and the chat is on this topic as well. NH and Shane are kind of going back and forth talking about his trade value. Is it still there being that the Suns didn't pick up that third year option? What are we going to do with Jalen now? How do we feel about it? So let's just go right into our tweet of the night because our friend Zin NBA tweeted out a poll and he asked, what are your current thoughts on Jalen Smith? So the four options that you could choose from are trade for Thad Young, trade for Tory Craig, keep him or other comment below. So far, right now, 61.5% of the 213 votes on this poll say to keep him. 228 say trade for Tory Craig, 132 trade for Thad Young, and 23 other. So which one are you guys selecting? And kind of how are we feeling now about this whole stick situation? Because he still is one of the best options as far as a trade goes and value-wise for the Phoenix Suns to be able to make a move. But has the last past couple games kind of changed your opinion? Has tonight changed your opinion at all? Those
1: kind of polls drive me nuts because, in the moment, who in the right mind is going to go, yes, please, right now, trade this guy that just, uh, you know, that just did this? Uh- you and I will, Gerald, but, <laughs> but we've seen the Sticks kids. We understand how they operate. And to mm-hmm. me, that's, that's a loaded question right now. But what I look at it as is you're never going to get more for Jalen Smith than you are right now. And you've already made your decision about the future with him. By declining that option, he ain't coming back here, right? So why not maximize what you're going to get for him? instead of letting him walk this off season, get a piece that helps you now uh, to a team that's looking to get younger and taking flyers on guys that might help their future.
2: Yeah, it's tough because the Suns kind of botched his development as far as drafting him with the intention of playing him out of position. Like his best position is a five. And when they drafted him, they had the this idea that he and DeAndre Ayton could play together as a four-five, and so that was their rationale as for why they were even drafting him that high in the first place. And as you know, this year and a half have played out. It's pretty clear his best shot spot is still as a five. So that makes it hard because now you've got Da, you've got JaVale McGee, you've got Frank Kaminsky, you've got like two to three guys, at least two that are better than him ahead of him in the pecking order. That doesn't put him in a position to maximize his trade value so of course they declined his player option for year three because he hadn't really shown them anything because with the way that this roster is made and with its expectations of contending for titles there was no place for him to show what he could do now he's showing what he can do kind of as a necessity because the suns have all these guys out and it's like oh shit well they should have picked up his option i don't hindsight is 2020 like we can talk about how they botched his development and and put him in the wrong position when they drafted him. But like at this point, if you can get something for for Jalen Smith right now, I think you still pull the trigger on that. Maybe like not this week until you get guys back. But like for the time being, you let him continue to boost his trade value, show other teams that have veterans that are on teams that are kind of wasting away, like a Thad Young, like a Tory Craig. Their teams are going nowhere. Let these younger development teams see what Jalen Smith can do, and maybe they'll be more willing to give you a veteran like a Torrey Craig or a Justin Holiday or a Thad Young. His trade value is not great because teams, if they're trading for him, would probably want him for at least one more year at a team-friendly option. But even without that, they can still bring him back. They won't be able to outbid other teams, but whoever trades for him can still – like play him big minutes for the rest of the year and tell him, look, we're going to invest more in you than the Suns were able to. And maybe that's a a selling point to him, but it's hard to project right now. It depends all on the team and the fit and how many minutes they feed him.
1: So forgive me. I don't know the CBA, CBA, as well as some others. I spend more time, you know, yelling at people than reading the cba so uh but nh in the comments says the most anyone can offer him that trades for him is 4.7 million for one year is that correct gerald Mm -hmm. so basically you have kind of hamstrung yourself and what you could expect to get back but honestly i i don't know i mean even if jalen smith shows out the rest of the year like is anybody gonna pony up big money uh, you know, for him, I, I'm not sure you may be able to say, Hey, look, we're going to give you the one year 4.7 million. We're going to give you major minutes. And then we'll discuss some kind of long-term deal. If you're a team that trades for him as well, because you will have shown you value him. And my guess is he probably wants somebody that values him right now, because mm-hmm. if he stays here, you know, what's going to happen is he's going to go straight back to the bench. You know, like he's not going to get minutes. His value is at a five. So right now he'll still be the third string. And depending on how they value Bismack, it may, he may wind up four string, even based on what they're looking for out of that third string center. So right now it's, you know, for him, I would imagine even he wants to get traded because he can probably see down the line that he's going to wind up back on the bench
2: right it's 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 not a great situation to be in obviously like it's it's tough and i i really wish that the nba had a different deadline for extending players contracts because you're talking about his third year having to make that decision before his second year even begins it's never really made sense to me why that is the case for those team options there uh on rookie scale contracts but uh it's unfortunate like like i said they drafted him to play the four he's not a four he's a five now he's finally showing what he can do as a five but it's too late they don't have him under team control anymore which obviously hurts his trade value i do think that there are some teams that would still be interested in giving him a look because he is an unknown commodity like these four games aren't gonna make any team like yes he's a cornerstone for our future he would still be on a flyer for whatever team he's joining. Uh, it's just um, tricky to project where that might be. And I think the sons would have to throw something in if they want to get somebody like a Thad Young or a Torrey Craig or one of these other guys in a Jalen Smith trade.
1: I think NH makes a good point too. This was about tax money more than anything, because Jalen Smith winds up costing you exponentially. If you go into the tax for next year, which they're going mm-hmm. to, uh, and that's, That's probably what guided this decision, which sucks because it felt like we were past a lot of that crap, but apparently we're probably not.
2: I mean, my last thing on this, I'll push back on that a little bit because you like, yes, it is about tax money, obviously, but the base problem is that he hadn't shown anything through his first rookie year. Like he wasn't worth like if we're talking about a valuable piece of the rotation that they didn't want to you know extend his option or pay up for him because of the luxury tax then we can complain about that but like your third string big who's only now getting to play because you have two of your centers and health and safety protocols like i'm I'm not gonna fault them for choosing not to pay that money in that case yeah
1: don't forget alec Peters once dropped, uh, I think it was 39 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in a game for the Suns. And uh, Drog and Bender had a few big games as well. So a three game stretch does not make an NBA career. And we got to keep that in mind as well. And that's not crapping on sticks, that's just perspective as you look at the bigger picture here as well.
0: So, one thing I do want to address from the comments Code JJM said, Are we undervaluing Saric even with the injury? And that comment, I think, came kind of when I was saying Jalen was probably one of our better values as far as like making a trade happen. Um, mm. I don't think we're undervaluing Dario at all. I think Dario is probably, if there was a bigger trade to be made, would probably also be a piece of that trade. I also just don't want to talk about that because I love the homie <laughs> Dario and I don't want to see him go. But at the same time, because he is injured, He's not something that's like at the forefront for any team who would be receiving him because he can't really help them out right now. So I don't think he would be the main piece or maybe it's 1A, 1B. I'm not totally sure. It kind of just depends on the team that's interested, but I don't think we're undervaluing him. I hope not. Right.
2: He would be most likely included in a trade if it was to match salary because he makes, I think it's like eight and a half million, which is a, decent chunk it's not a ton of money but it's enough that you can combine with Jalen Smith and trade it for kind of one of, one of those mid-tier contracts a guy that would help the Suns um, I don't want to think about it either I love Dario Saric he's beloved in that locker room as well um, but that's the unfortunate nature is it would probably be Saric Smith and and maybe a pick of some sort if they did want to make a move for a guy who could come off the bench in a playoff situation
0: all right, so let's move on from that kind of conversation because it kind of took us down like a sad path. And uh, yes. back yeah. to tonight's game and some of the fun that came from that game. And we'll keep going with Jalen Smith because this was a moment in tonight's game. It came in the third quarter. It was a hot damn Jalen Smith <laughs> with a slam. If I've ever seen it, he went Ooh. up with a vengeance, and it was a sight. To behold, it was beautiful. So kudos to that young man for that. That was incredible. And it was the second one of the night, too, which was even more fun.
2: Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, that was arguably the poster dunk of the season for the Suns. I'm trying to think of one that was better. And maybe it's recency bias. But, I mean, he just destroyed Mason Plumlee. Like, absolutely. And I don't think, like, the bench reaction was almost as good as the dunk itself because you could see everybody going crazy. That was just incredible.
1: I believe we actually have the highlights. so I'm going to play it right now for you. Do we?
0: I love that. I mean, okay. look at—I
1: mean—he comes down. Jalen gets gets it fed to him by CP3, and he just destroys Plumlee. And you're right, <laughs> but the funny thing is, I Lindsay said, "Oh, let's let's judge who had the best reaction on the bench." I didn't know if, like two or three of the guys uh, in the frame. Oh, no, I'm like, oh, look it—it's the ten day crew, and they're excited. What a deal, you know?
2: Oh man.
0: I, I mean, there were just so many good reactions from that. Like, I think Kellen <laughs> Olsen was the one who tweeted out, and I responded 100% to him because he said, one of the best gifts you can ever get is having a dunk like that happen on the same side as your team's bench, because then you get to see all of the reactions from everybody in there. Campaign falling over and basically, like, dying <laughs> was <Yes>. hilarious. But <laughs> I, think, I think it was Alfred Payton who literally ran – he, was, he must have been sitting like where the crowd was sitting. It seemed like he ran across the entire bench to come over and resuscitate him. I thought it was so funny.
2: Oh, my, it was great.
1: My only wish was we could have gotten a Frank Kaminsky reaction to it because Frank's <laughs> her next level. We would have gotten the goggles or something, you know?
2: <laughs> I, I was loving Ish Wainwrights because he was out of his chair before it even happened. He knew what was about to happen. And then you saw a book and you saw Cam Johnson, you saw Chris Paul like standing there next to to sticks and like giving Mason Plumlee, the mean mug for him. I was dying. It was, that's really cool. Like I love those moments because you know, Jalen Smith has been, he's been working his ass off in practice. He's been trying to have a moment just like that, where he can have an impact for his team and the way that they all react to it. Like you can just tell these guys are super close and just want to see each other succeed.
1: There's actually a better photo of the dunk than there was video. Here it what? is.
2: <laughs> yes, that is fantastic.
1: Our, our friend Manuel showing, uh, you know, Jalen Smith dunking on me. My head is on
2: <laughs> plumly there.
1: So,
0: <laughs> whatever, whatever encouragement or influence he needed in order to get that done. Like, shout out to you, Espo, If that was all you're doing, I don't care. That was amazing. And I'm very glad that we got to see it. And I'm very glad that it happened um in the first game of the year to get this Suns team back on track. Because tonight's game, like you said earlier, Gerald, we our picks, the only one who was even remotely close, I think, would be Saul, because he had the Suns by ten. All of yeah. us either had the Suns by like what? A, a five or so, somewhere between one. Yeah, <laughs> one, I think, had four. Gerald, you had the Hornets at five. Mm. Um, so you
1: were only 40 some odd points off, Gerald. Don't feel too I was, bad. I was right there,
0: <laughs> but even DraftKings had you know the spread, like they just didn't know nobody really could have known one way or the other because the Suns weren't playing their type of basketball for the past few games because Charlotte was on a winning streak and playing a little bit better than normal, but. The way that the Suns team came out tonight and started from the very beginning with the energy, with the aggression, and kept it through the entire game, it's it's nice because we're back on track. Like I don't know about you guys, but I think it's pretty safe to say nobody enjoyed the last handful of games that we were in the dive bar afterwards. But that was <laughs> no, not fun. No.
1: no, no. What's great though? That was only the second best dunk of the game. I still think Bismarck's was better when he destroyed oh, no. Ish Smith. Just because no. I love big guy on little guy you know, dunkage, right? Oh, because on. it looks so much more vicious, right? It, it just looks like he bodies him and you're like, oh my God, he destroyed that man. Plumlee, it was like, oh, he tried to defend it and you got him. But Ish, it, when he, when Bismack did that on Ish, you're like, Ooh, that may set his career back there. That That is vicious.
2: It looks like when one of the dads is playing, like, on one of those shorter rims with their kids, and the kid, like, hits a shot and starts feeling good, and so the dad just has to go out and dunk on someone and remind them that they're bigger than them. That was Bismack's <laughs> dunk over Isch Smith on, like, a little kid hoop. Yeah. I. I'm not taking that over Jalen, though. You're crazy, man. <laughs>
1: it was Nerf hoop dunkage. Like I, I love that. Plus the new guy. I don't know. I, okay, they're I equal. They were both amazing dunks.
0: They were both amazing ju- dunks, but I don't know that I would say that they were. Not uh, to
1: hell with both of you. Slightly. You're <laughs> wrong.
0: Like 80, no, what would it be? 60, 40, maybe 70, 30, somewhere it, around there. Um, I did think Let me Night ask this. It was amazing. It was really pretty. And it was fun because you're right. It was his first game. It was against Ooh. his former team. So all of the like, emotions and things, the storylines that Twitter loves, they were all there, which makes really? it kind of fun, you know?
1: Uh, yeah. I let, Let's ask this. Who's the more popular Smith right now? Lindsay or Jalen? Definitely oh.
0: Jalen right now. I don't
1: know because the chat I think I, I loves you both about the same level.
2: Disturbingly so. so. Well, I
0: appreciate you oh. love, but I'm gonna go Jalen on this one because he had himself a career night, it felt like. So see,
2: I'm gonna go Lindsay because we would never trade Lindsay. Oh, <laughs> I don't know, you think Kellen's available? I, <laughs> I <laughs> Oh
0: no. My shots to start the year? First, Gerald came for Espoo. Now, Espoo's coming for me. I'm it's a
2: vicious like, circle.
0: I know. I didn't even start this this the, time.
1: The scary thing is, I could actually do something. Gerald can just say words, all right? So <laughs> I can facilitate a trade.
0: Good <laughs> you know luck. Oh, Gerald man. would never. He'd be like, no, Lindsay's the homie. I'm never replacing her.
1: <laughs> mcg blue says who's been on a book cover though jalen's been on a poster i mean he he was he was the star of a poster tonight but Lindsay does have the book cover that's true
0: thank you mcg blue appreciate you
1: (laughs) there's not a lot of romance novels that go hey we need a guy with goggles because that's sexy
0: (laughs) 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 well um Speaking of Jalen Smith, since we're still on the Smith topic and yeah. Kellen Olson, he just tweeted out that Jalen Smith said tonight after the game that in shoot around coach Mark Bryant said he wanted to see a little bit more emotion out of him. So he credits that conversation with Mark Bryant to helping him bring out some of that energy after his poster tonight, which I believe he got he got teed up for, right?
2: Yeah, he did.
0: Uh, that, dude,
2: that dude is basically dead silent during practice. I've heard that man utter like maybe three things on the court, when we've watched them practice the little bit that we've watched. So to hear him like screaming in a dude's face and flexing on him, I mean that was pretty cool. Well earned technical foul.
1: If I'm him, I'm going to Mark Bryan and going, "Hey, you paying this, uh, you paying <laughs> yeah. this, fa- uh, this tech uh, fine because I did that because of you?
2: All right." I don't know if you heard, but I don't have money coming to me next year. So you're going to pay this. one. You get a contract right now. I
1: got Jack squat. How about you pay this for me? Oh boy.
0: <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's move on just for at least a little bit from Jalen Smith, because there are quite a few other players that we do need to talk about tonight. So first and foremost, let's uh, name our draft King King of the game because tonight It is going to none other than Devin Booker. So Devin Booker finished with 24 points, three assists, seven rebounds. Gerald, he came out, I think he was your pick for tonight to be the king of the game. He came out with that that energy and that mindset of like, we're we're not doing this again. (laughs) And he made sure that the entire team also followed suit and they got the W because of it.
2: Yeah. I mean, he had, what did he have at halftime? He had, he had 20 at halftime. I'm pretty sure he only played 29 minutes in the game. He set the tone from the first quarter. Um, You know, he had that laser to Jalen Smith for a dunk just to start the game. Then he scored the next five points. Like he came out on a mission and that was good to see because we've always, you know, we've seen Devin Booker bounce back from rough performances. Um, But for a shorthanded team that needed it, like that was a welcome sight, especially playing on the road. Um, you know, Kevin Young had said before the game that those two guys came in focused for shoot around today and, and wanted to set the tone. And, and Book did exactly that, you know, and he was knocking down threes. He was hitting tough shots like when the dude is in his bag the way that he was tonight. He is impossible to stop. So nice reminder that at the end of the day, sometimes sons are going to be missing guys. Sometimes guys aren't going to show up. But as long as they have a Devin Booker, they will be somewhat competitive at least.
1: Yeah, well yeah, and he's the reason that they got out to that big lead, and it's what what they needed. They needed a kind of win that was no doubt, which tonight definitely was that. I mean, no Gwen Stefani, but it was no doubt for sure.
0: And oh, that's <laughs> that's for
1: all you 90s kids out there. Uh just enjoy that one, if you will. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and they needed that. And Devin set that tone and he found a way to uh to get people going, and that's that's what you want from Devin Booker, and then it it also took the pressure off of uh, off of CP three needing to come out and have big offensive night too because uh, Devin did that and CP could just focus on getting other guys involved. I liked that tonight.
0: Which, yeah, CP, go ahead.
2: Sorry, go ahead, Lindsay.
0: No, you can go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say, yeah, it was it was good to see Chris Paul. He didn't really bounce back on the scoring front. Only seven points, three of six shooting. Uh, but he did have the 16 assists. He had 16 of the Suns, 36 assists. in um, the last couple of games, the Suns only had 20 some like low 20s, which is not characteristic of this offense. Like you said earlier, Espo, the ball was moving better tonight and Chris Paul was the main architect. So even though he didn't shoot the lights out, he still played a much better game than than we had been talking about for over the last week.
0: Absolutely. He had eight assists in Friday night's game. And tonight he was a plus thirty-four with those sixteen assists and six rebounds added on to that. And um only one turnover. One turnover tonight, it's <laughs> <CBC>. insane. Wow.
2: <laughs> sixteen assists and one turnover is freaking insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. That's, so that's
1: why uh, he's a point god and not a point, yeah, kind of good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Facts. So another thing that I wanted to talk about tonight, Gerald, this one came from you. So you tweeted this out, I believe at the end of the third quarter or somewhere around midway through the third quarter, you said underrated storyline of the night. Mikel Bridges getting that offense back on track and being a little more aggressive than we've seen over the last few games. And when you had tweeted that, like right before you tweeted that, it was like, I went and looked at the box score and I was like, oh, Mikkel has 15 points. Like, this is awesome. It just feels like it wasn't like highlights you know what I mean it kind of went under their radar a little bit because there were so many highlights happening and I was like you're absolutely right it is great to see Mikkel having a little bit more uh, offensive rhythm to his game tonight
2: yeah we, we kind of talked about in the pregame how we were a little disappointed with the way his offense didn't kind of step up with guys being out over the last three or four games um, but he was great tonight you know he he had that one pull up three in transition uh, i think in the first quarter that it was like okay Mikhail is like here tonight like he's he's ready to contribute and we talked about the continuity aspect of it all and how all the guys in and out of the lineup probably affected his offense a little bit more than some of these other guys but it was good to see him playing confident he had 15 points on 50% shooting and and he, i don't think he played the entire fourth quarter so he only played 24 minutes, so that's great production out of him in, in a limited span. And um, we could talk about him in a little bit too. But Landry Shamit, I would put in that same category as well because he had a nice bounce back tonight too.
1: Yeah, we uh, we tend to. Well, I won't say we. Saul tends to really <laughs> get at Landry Shamit, and uh, you know tonight's God Schammett, uh is is a good one because he shot uh, what was it? Six of nine, five of eight from three point land, 17 points in 24 minutes that's why you traded for him that's why you're rewarding him with the contract because when he's on from deep he's a big time impact player for this team and that's what he did tonight and it's very similar to what mikhail did hitting hitting shots from deep as well if those two guys are going plus you get cam Johnson going for 14 himself this team's unstoppable like mm-hmm. if, if if you can if you get two of those three guys going on any given night, this team is going to be unstoppable going forward. So a very, very good night for confidence building across the board. There isn't anybody that's leaving this game going, wish I could have done more. You know, everybody kind of did what you were hoping they get a build confidence against the league's worst defense. And then you hope they can carry it uh, on going into new Orleans on Tuesday night.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Landry Shammett also had four steals tonight. And then Ooh. Cam Johnson, you brought him up. He had 14 points. He was shoot, He shot 50% from the three-point line, so he knocked down three of six, which means Cam Johnson has extended his career-long streak to 16 straight games of scoring 10 or more points and has made two or more threes in 19 straight games. So shout-out to Cam for keeping the streak alive. <laughs> we yes. needed another streak to, like, <laughs> grasp onto, and Cam Johnson gave it to us. So I'm, I'm here for it. But I think, okay, so MCG Blue brought up um, Bismack, his arrival, making Jalen, Shamit, Book, and all the guys play a little bit better, keep him he. I think he's been a little tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> but do you think that in an honest situation that playing Charlotte, who, as we talked about, has one of the worst defenses in the league, Do you think that maybe that was just kind of the defense they needed to go up against to get that shooting confidence back to maybe find that rhythm again, to kind of get them back on track from the little bit of a slump they were in.
1: Sure as hell couldn't hurt. I mean, (laughs) you saw what they were able to do against that defense. And I don't care if it's a little bit of fool's gold. I mean, you win by that much. It helps your confidence when you win by 34 points uh, in a game, that's going to propel you into that next game. That, the, that shooting uh, you go into for for a Landry for a McHale uh, even for Devin coming off a rough game you you go oh yeah that's the rhythm that's what I can do when when it goes my way and there's that always carries over there's always a little glow when you have a good night like that so whether uh, uh, yes you know probably fifty percent of this is crappy defense from Charlotte but 50% was they were doing the things like we've talked about, that the Suns offense does when they're at their best. I mean, we saw they made that extra pass, sometimes two extra passes to find the open guy, and and that helps them remember, hey, that, that's how we do it. That's Suns basketball, and that goes a long way.
2: Yeah, the the ball movement was back tonight. It was great. The chemistry was there, which is impressive because – can't stress this enough. It's it's hard to continue to play the same style of basketball this team plays when you don't have your two main centers, two rim-running guys who are really big in that gravity that they they suck in the defense, and that opens things up on the backside for all the Sun's three-point shooters. I think having Jalen Smith play the way that he did tonight, and then having Bismack Biombo be that rim rolling big tonight for the bench. That was big in terms of kind of getting their continuity back on the same page, even if it was was with a guy that, you know, most of these groups haven't played with both the starting unit and the bench unit. So that was really fun. Um, hopefully, you know, it never hurts when you play the NBA's 28th ranked defense or whatever they are, but uh, good to see them get back on trap and hopefully they can carry that momentum forward into the next game as well.
0: All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break because the NFL season is winding down. The playoffs will be here before you know it. And at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the offers are getting even more amazing. So new customers who sign up using the code PHNX can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you're going to win $200 in free bets. It is that easy. Don't miss out on the action. DraftKings sports customers can also get into NFL action with same-game parlays, so add a few more legs to your bet for a potential bigger payout. It's a great way to utilize your free bets because it's not your money, so you don't have to really risk anything potentially to get a huge payout. Uh, So if you haven't downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app just yet, be sure to do so and use that code PHNX because one more time, if you use that code, PHNX, and you bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and they do, you're going to win $200 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, Arizona only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details and if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Guys, you what want a gambling story? Yeah, from the ahead. day. Yeah.
1: I thought I won 100 bucks on a $10 bet and then realized I didn't bet Jamar Chase anytime touchdown. I bet Jamar Chase first touchdown and that was oh. sad. Then that I missed so out on great. on 600 bucks on a $10 bet on uh a three-leg parlay that fell one leg short. So you know, I
0: think it's because you're missing Crowder's Cash Club, that it first is. field goal club. You know what I mean? I was just gonna ask, like, what do you guys think? When are we gonna get him back so that Esco can bet on him again?
1: I almost bet Jalen Smith tonight and then didn't get it in in time uh, mm-hmm. after the post game show. So just a rough day at the uh, at the sportsbook app. Uh, the DraftKings mm-hmm. sportsbook app for me.
0: That's yeah, hard. I mean that's all right. We'll we'll get it turned back around, but <laughs> hopefully sooner than later. Do you guys have the math? I know I missed a few games early last week, so I don't know if I have the math exactly right in my head. How long has it been since Jay, DA, and JaVale have been out?
2: In terms of days? Yeah. Seven. Right? Uh was well last Sunday? Crowder okay. we heard about last Sunday, I believe, and then DeAndre was Monday. So it'll have been about seven days for DA tomorrow and eight or nine for Crowder.
0: Okay. So we're getting fairly close to potentially reaching at least that threshold of quarantine time that the NBA has set in place.
2: Yeah. Well I think they I think they still have to because they've cut down the quarantine time, I believe, from 10 days to five or six. Yeah. And then, but I don't think any of the guys made the trip on this road trip. Um, or at least they didn't, they didn't go to Boston. So I'm not sure if they're with the team right now.
0: I mean, that would make a lot of sense.
2: (laughs) It's two negative tests in that time or
1: above 35, whatever the count is in, in the blood. Again, I'm, I don't, I know, you know, (laughs) I I know epidemiology about as well as I know the CBA, not very. So.
0: (laughs) All right. I do want to bring up a question that came up in the chat from Mike B. So he said, Cam has been real legit lately. Any chance we keep him starting. I don't see us messing with our starters, but the guy is going to want to start soon, I'm sure.
1: You what need do you him guys on the think bench. about this comment? You need him on the bench. You need that scoring on the bench. What what I think you hope is he takes that confidence that he's that he's had in that starting lineup, brings it back to the bench, and becomes the guy offensively off the bench because you've seen it with the with everything that's going on, the bench is depleted. When they don't score, it puts that much more on the offense and they're on the starters, and it's true even when they're at full strength. This bench uh, has lacked some of its pop since campaign hasn't been as big of an offensive weapon uh, as he was at times last year. So I feel like you need Cam playing that way off the bench to really put you – in that conversation for the one seed, the rest of the way, because Jay is far too streaky to count on as that guy on the bench. And while you can hide him within those streaks with the starters, I just don't think you can uh, when he's playing with that second unit.
2: Right. And we, we've talked about this before, but I think you need Jay for the little things he does with the starting group. You need Cam for his scoring and shooting punch that he brings off the bench, especially you know, campaign's been better the last couple of games, especially tonight. He was good, but this season, his numbers are down. So you need Cam Johnson scoring and shooting off the bench. I think next year is when you maybe revisit this based on how the playoffs go. Jay Crowder will be another year older. He'll have another hopefully deep playoff run on his NBA odometer there. So you might then be able to ease him into a bench role and Cam Johnson be ready to take over that starting role himself. But for now, you don't mess with a good thing. Jay Crowder does too much on both ends. And they're just, they're very good fits for their respective groups right now.
0: Okay, what about this? Because Tim and Shane in the chat are mentioning, okay, even if he doesn't start, maybe we'll, do we think he'll finish more games than Jay will if he keeps shooting like this and just being more deserving of those minutes and those opportunities because of what he's done recently?
1: It depends on what you need. I mean, if you need defense, you're not going to you're gonna play Jay probably more than you're going to play Cam. And that's not saying that Cam isn't good defensively, but that's really Jay especially is that hard-nosed defense getting under the skin of your opponents. If you need offense in those final few minutes, I think you probably would turn to Cam unless Jay's having one of his, you know, unconscious nights shooting. But overall, I, I, it's going to vary. And Monty has shown this, a willingness to – to ride whatever hand he needs to, to get a victory. So I don't even know that it will be consistent, you know, between these two guys it will be, what does the moment dictate and you'll get the guy that you need.
2: Right. And there's the possibility there could be lineups where they go, they need to go small for a last second stop or something like that. And you put cam out there with Jay, because then you have the ultimate switchable defense there um, because cam is no pushover on D even though Crowder's obviously the veteran and the communicator, that guy that they need on on the back line alongside DA. So um, it's both a luxury to have and and a challenge for Monty to kind of determine on a night-to-night basis, okay, who's got it? Who has the hot hand? Who do we need on these last possessions of a close game? um, That type of thing. So it's it's a good and a bad problem to have, but I, I think Cam is definitely working his way into, okay, we need to consider leaving this guy on the floor, in late game situations, depending on what we need.
1: Well, it could be an interchangeable piece too with McHale. And I hate to say that, but if McHale's having an off night offensively, you could see Cam play in some of those situations alongside Jay and have McHale be The odd man out if if it if you need that on a certain night, but that's the beauty of this. That's why you play semi-positionless basketball so you can interchange these guys depending on who's having the good night. So
0: I mean Chris said it best in the chat. Can we pause and appreciate that these are the conversations we're having about this team? I've been a fan for a long time. Dot dot <laughs> dot. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yes. We should pause <laughs> and appreciate. That these are the types of conversations, like the small little tweaks about how we can get even better, versus what do we need to win a game? You know what I mean? Like what a what a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Slightly different than uh, what five years ago, even a decade ago, three,
0: three years, years ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right, gentlemen, before we close out, is there anything else that you would like to talk about from tonight's game?
1: Uh, Jalen Smith, you do it again. Yeah. You put up another good game and I will find a way to wear a Jalen Smith Jersey on this show. (laughs) I will, I will be a sticks kid. I don't want to grow up. I'm a sticks kid. I will sing the Toys R Us theme song, uh, Reworked for Sticks, while wearing a Sticks jersey, if he has another game like this. So,
0: I mean, that could be a really entertaining segment.
1: That's what I'm here for, is to entertain the masses. All right. Plus, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong, unlike some others. Not on this show, but others around the internet. So
0: I don't like to admit when I'm wrong, that's
1: well, uh, you're never wrong, right? So that's why I, um... I'm
0: always wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: See, she just admitted she's wrong. She said, <laughs> I do not admit
0: it."
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can't really fo- I don't have nothing to follow that up with, so I'm good. On to the next one, great bounce back performance. I feel like that was exactly what we that was better than my best case scenario for tonight. So, the resilience of this team, we we shouldn't overlook that with that, with an acting head coach and all these guys out pretty impressive game tonight
0: absolutely well once again the phoenix suns defeat the charlotte hornets 133 to 99 thank you all for tuning in happy new year again we hope that 2022 brings you a lot of health, wealth, and joy in your life and a Phoenix Suns championship as well. Don't forget, if you have not um, become a member at gophnx.com, you can do so right now. We've got a ton of great Valley sports content there. Gerald writes some sweet, sweet articles that you don't want to miss out on because they're always so insightful, thoughtful, and really well-written. It gives you a lot of information about this Phoenix Suns team that we know and love so much. So if you have not already checked out GoPHNX.com, please do so. And then also head on over to PHNXLocker.com because we've got some really cool merch in there. You know, if maybe you didn't exactly get what you wanted for Christmas, but you got hooked up with some cash and you need somewhere to spend it, that you know you're going to get a really dope T-shirt that you love for a really long time, That's the place to go and get it because we've got some amazing things in there. So check it out. Once again, phnxlocker.com for all of our merch. I'm Lindsay Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith, AZ. That's Gerald Borgay. You can follow him on Twitter at Gerald Borgay. That's Espo. You can follow him on Twitter at Espo. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Espo, you want to tell us to go home?
1: Uh, don't forget, sticks don't need no stones to break Charlotte's bones. Ahoy hoy.